This hour, we've been talking about uh, the resolution, at least in for the Canadian side, to the Amanda Todd case, 10 years after the BC teen took her own life. Today, a Vancouver judge handed down a 13-year sentence to Eamon Coban, accused, convicted in her case of harassment, extortion, amongst other things. It is a case that crossed borders and oceans. Proving guilt and putting a culprit behind bars was never going to be easy. What were the keys to the prosecution's success and what precedent does this sentence set and what message does it send? Joining me now with more on that is Sandy Garasino. She's a former Crown prosecutor and a public affairs columnist for Canada's National Observer. Thanks for your time tonight, Sandy. Thanks so much for having me on, Ben. You know, I followed, I imagine you probably did too, I followed as the verdict was slowly uh, read, um, and or the sentencing rather, was so slowly handed down, and um, I, was, I, was, I was caught off guard by just how severe it was, to be frank. Um, well, I guess I was too, just because normally you don't see a, a trial judge or a sentencing judge um, go with a time higher than what is recommended by the Crown. Um, but uh, but the sentencing judge here, I think, really wanted to make a clear statement. And she, uh, Judge Je- Justice Devlin, uh, specifically referred to Supreme Court of Canada um, case from 2020, which was indicating that the court wanted to see higher sentences for um, uh, sexual offenses against children because they have been traditionally lower than I think what the public really wants to see. What kind of precedent does it set then um, going forward for, for these sorts of cases in this country? Well, I mean, this is such an, an almost astoundingly unique case. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very hard to see um, that there would be anything like this case. This was someone who had 33 victims um, uh, that he was sentenced for in the ne- Netherlands case. Um, and, and in this case, the Amanda Todd um, you know, this young woman was this child um, was effectively blackmailed to death. Um, the, the sentencing judge didn't say that uh, that uh, Mr. Coban was responsible, was entirely solely responsible for um, Amanda taking her own life, but she definitely attributed him as a as a, 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 a very significant factor. So, I think that this is such an unusual case that it's it's hard to say. I would expect to see defense appeal this. As a precedent, it doesn't have too much impact until we start to see the BC Court of Appeal and if if the Supreme Court of Canada were to hear an appeal on sentencing, which is rare, um, that's when we'll really start to see its impact. But I think what it really, uh, it it sends us a, a very stark message um, to offenders, a deterrent message that this kind of conduct, which is much too common, we should have to say, um, it won't be tolerated when it's found. Yeah, and, and increasingly common, sadly, uh, you know, despite the 10 years since Amanda Todd's death in the last decade, we've seen uh, these sorts of uh, abuses rise, if if unfortunately. Uh, the message is, inter- is an interesting aspect of this as well, but you do expect an appeal here, you think. Now, on what grounds do you think there would be an appeal? Well, I think that, uh, you know, on a sentence that is so um, starkly, uh, you know, I think that I, it's common for defense, by the way, when there is a, mm-hmm. when there is a very strong sentence uh, handed down. It is not uncommon for defense to appeal it. It's not difficult to, to at least go through the, the appeal 
procedure and then see if you can get leave. You know, there are, so there are some technical things to it. So I would ex- I would expect it because it's 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 not uncommon. And this was a very high sentence. But one thing that I do I, I would want to say is that I think that um, that we in the public should be starting to demand more accountability from the social media websites that have been hosting this content um, and with 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 zero consequences and zero liability. Um, you know, Facebook is a three hundred and forty billion dollar company. It certainly has the wherewithal and the ability to police its website more, and it has has done virtually nothing. Um, on that score. Yeah, we've been hearing a lot of that. There's been other cases this year. In fact, uh, a young man in, in Manitoba uh, took his own life following uh, a, you know, a very, very brief, but uh, but very devastating incident that was, you know, the, an extortion incident. And again, you know, those who are in the know say that uh, social media companies need to do more because they can do more to prevent these sorts of uh, these sorts of, of targeted attacks against 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 vulnerable teens. It's a consum- this is a consumer protection issue, and I think that the public, because, I mean, children and youth feel such incredible shame and humiliation and risk and are threatened. You know, the blackmailing predatory behavior is such a terrible, terrible thing for a child to have to deal with. And um, I think there are vastly more cases than we even know about. Uh, and, I, and I do think that this is a, a consumer protection issue for children from social media. Um, just back to this case briefly. I mean, when you look mm-hmm. at at the at the hurdles that prosecutors had to fa- faced all coming into this case, just as a former prosecutor yourself, I mean, how would you assess what worked for them here? Because they did manage to get a conviction and a stiff sentence in a case that many thought at the outset might never even get to court. Well, I mean, there's uh, so much, so many advances have taken place in in cybersecurity now. There's a there's a lot more possible to actually track things down, and the uh, Netherlands, uh, the law enforcement in the Netherlands, you know, had a huge amount of evidence. Um, I, I wish I could I could be more specific about the the very specific nature of that evidence. I didn't follow the case quite to that level. I knew that he that uh, I, I had a very strong certainty that they had the right person once an arrest was made. Um, so what now? We're expecting perhaps an appeal at this point. Um, there is also the question of the of how his sentence will be received in Holland. Um, there are still some hurdles here. Um, there there are. I, I don't know that how his sentence is received in Holland is going to ha- in, in the Netherlands is going to have that much impact. I mean, this is a matter that Canada had clear has clear jurisdiction over, and and the Netherlands. Uh, I mean, he he the, the extradition was a successful extradition. Um, I think that this is the, we'll just wait to see this all happen. But I think that it's really going to come down to the appeal proceeding now and. Um, um, but I'm I'm not expecting. I, I, I would I'd be surprised to see the courts dislodge this sentence, um, even as high as it is. Sandy Garasino, thank you so much for taking the time on a Friday evening. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Ben.